0: know I'll be honest, I think this music sounds too happy for Lent. So what do you want instead? We need something in a minor key, a little dirge-ish. Well, I like minor keys. I really like minor keys. They're quite beautiful. We I was gonna say gorgeous.
1: We we agree on something. I like minor keys. I've been
0: working with some of my piano students. We do a lot of ear training, because a good part of being a musician is developing your ear. And so I'll have them close their eyes and I'll play something in a major key or a minor key and they have to distinguish which is which.
1: So they only have two choices.
0: Yeah, they have a 50-50 shot. Okay. So they might not really know. They might just be guessing. And They're getting, really
1: uh, good. They're getting ready for graduate school, guessing.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to the 23 podcast. Michael Pupp is here with Father Herb.
1: Yeah, he's the one who has piano students. I do not. Oh, I'd love for you to come. To be a student or to be teaching?
0: Either, oh, we would have fun if you were my student. (laughs) How the tables have turned.
1: Oh, someday when I retire and have all this time so I could practice.
0: You have been the sensei for so many years.
1: The The what? the
0: The sensei, the wise one that I look up to. Oh, (laughs) <laughs>
1: notice <laughs> he use past tests you have been you okay. are yeah, I, <laughs> I hello everybody this is father herb and what's his name's across the table from me hey, somebody <laughs> he's somebody <laughs> yeah
0: uh i hope everybody is having a good lent i have found the last week to be spiritually
1: refreshing how about you it has gone very fast and i have to pick up on what i talked about last week you asked me what it you know, if I have something special, I'd always focus on, and I said there's a lot of things I do during Lent, sure, but I talked about reading a biography of a of a saint mm-hmm. so i I knew I had two or three books that I had kind of paged through. I mean they were on my desk. I had bought them, but not read them, yeah, so I zeroed in last Tuesday, in fact, within minutes after recording the podcast, this was the day before Ash Wednesday, yeah, and I picked up this book uh It's a biography of Damien the leper uh, huh. you know the uh, Molokai the leper colony in Hawaii uh-huh. and I always knew something about him ever since I was grade, in grade school but it's a fascinating biography and it, it really is a fast read sure so uh, that's great so I'm... my plan now is to go to, to Hawaii <laughs> <laughs> tough penance
0: yeah I've been reading uh, it was a book that we actually sent out in our Lenten guide Last week that we emailed out to the whole parish, uh, the book was called Give Up Worry for Lent. Oh, yes. Uh, talking about, you know, with anxiety and worrying. and
1: We didn't send out the book. We just sent out the...
0: We sent out a link. With link, dif- yes. There were different ideas of things that maybe you could do for yeah. Lent. And uh, I've really enjoyed that book so far. Uh, it's just helped to put things in perspective. I will fully admit I'm a worrier. Uh, you're not a worrier. I am not a worrier. That's that's why I think... I, that, I'm a doer, not a worrier. The, <laughs> you're, you're, I'm a doer too. Yeah. Most of the time, except if I'm not doing something. Uh, <laughs>
1: you heard that. Okay.
0: And then I've also been doing um, the hollow the Halo meditation app. Yes, like Halo. Different. H-A-L-L-O-W. Yeah. So for every day of Lent, they have a different prayer, different type of prayer, different meditation. And uh, man, they... They hit us with a doozy on day one last week on Ash Wednesday. It was the litany of humility. Have you ever prayed that? No. Oh, it's great. I actually, I took it to holy hour today. We prayed it there. But the, the these are the things that you pray for during the litany of humility. Tell me if these are countercultural or not. Oh, Jesus, uh, from, help me to be free from the desire of being esteemed from the desire of being loved, from being extolled, honored, praised, preferred to others, consulted, approved, from the fear of being humiliated, from the fear of de- being despised. You know, all the things that we usually don't think about.
1: Well, I mean, if you if you want to be free from being despised, become a pastor. So, <laughs> I
0: don't know. <laughs> but um, it it would be kind of silly to say the litany of humility is humbling. But I find it to be kind of a cool prayer for Lent. So here we are, almost one week in. Yes. And uh, heading towards the second Sunday.
1: Which is always exciting, and we know what I'm going to say, don't we? You're going to say that every Every year, year, the second second Sunday Sunday of Lent Lent is the transfiguration transfiguration of Jesus on Um, Mount Tabor. Yes,
0: and this year we're hearing from Matthew. I'm just going to be honest because I kind of said this before. We have talked about the transfiguration quite a bit on this podcast.
1: Okay, here's what we have to do. All right. What what we have to do is we have to assume that people are listening who forgot from last year. Oh. Did did not listen last year. Didn't know we have a podcast last year.
0: I don't think people know we have a podcast this year.
1: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh I'm going to be, obviously you have to repeat some things but there's it, you know it happens every year we re, we preach on the same topics sure uh by the way we're on a 3 year cycle it just happens that there's A B and C Matthew Mark and Luke yeah. versions of the transfiguration and they're not exactly the same okay, so, so if so, so if people are astute they know that the emphasis each of the 3 years is different but pa- pause there
0: for a second because you know silly me says um I don't want to say I'm tired of the transfiguration. That would be not good. But that good would to say. be
1: really not good to say. So I didn't
0: say it. I didn't say it. However, uh, I will say obviously this event was extremely important in the life of Jesus and to his followers for all three synoptic
1: gospels to and, have it. And it is you it was used incredibly in the early church. For what it, reason? Because it is is another account of the resurrection. So that's why it's done at this time. It's sort of like saying, okay, folks, we are into this season of humility. We're, we're doing this, uh, Lenten practice. We're, we're, uh, we're praying. We're reading scriptures. We're, we're reading lives of saints. We are extending our charity. We are fasting. We're doing all of that, but it's not just about us folks. We know the end of the story. It ends with the resurrection. And so, Everybody in church reads the story of Jesus being transfigured which is a wonderful word transfigured on the, on the mountain yeah and so you can see his glory the glory comes a, a, after uh after the uh the indication that Jesus is going to go to Jerusalem and suffer and die sure so the apostles had it all there they just didn't know what to do with it it's uh, three apostles: Peter, James, and John. Okay. By the way, the same three. Who? Where else were they with Jesus alone? Just the four of them. On the boat. No, no. Keep, <laughs> I saw your eyes rolling. Like what? A, I put you on the spot. You did put me on the spot. Oh, okay. Where were they? Uh, you want a hint? Give me a hint. Yes. Uh, yes, it's not. A hint. No. Uh, yes, I will give you a hint. <laughs> oh. Okay. They were with Jesus during one of his bleakest times. When he sweat blood, the agony in the garden. Right. Yes. Yes. Of course. See, I told you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they saw him at his worst physically. They saw him in this triumphant glory earlier. Sure. So it's sort of like okay, we know that your your heart will be challenged. Your your faith will cause you to run away and hide, mm-hmm. that you will not be able to even admit you know Jesus as Peter. He denied him. Sure. All of that stuff is coming. However, uh don't forget there's still glory there. So sometimes we have to give people a word of encouragement. And Jesus was doing more than giving us a word. But the, the church says let's let's look at this, let's study this early in Lent. Okay so that we know where we're headed.
0: Well, I love what you always talk about, uh, and I think during Advent it's fun to do too, is to take a look at the Scripture readings for the particular day, whether it's a Sunday or even weekday Mass, and say, why is this being? Why was this chosen yes, for this season? It's
1: not like sometimes in the year when we have um, a, a regular progression, like during ordinary season, we go through the Gospel. This year it's Matthew. We go from chapter to verse, next chapter, next verses. Yeah. We continue to work our way through. Sure, but when you come to a, a special season like Lent, Easter, Advent, Christmas, they are particularly chosen for the occasion. Right,
0: and it's it's. Uh, I find it. I agree with you. It's kind of fun to to reflect on why. What
1: and and wh- usually this is not like a decision that was made in the twenty first century or even the twentieth. These were scripture passages that were chosen. Yeah, when was the, the centuries ago. The cycle of readings compiled. Do you know that? Yes. The three year cycle yeah. that we have on Sundays was compiled in the late nineteen sixties, after okay. Vatican II when we came up with the, the the new form of the Mass. Okay. Before that there was just one cycle of readings. So it's really? exactly the same every year. Oh I didn't know. So that. but but taking particular passages for particular seasons, yeah like a at Lent or Advent, that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years sure so really
0: because of the second vatican council we are able to hear more scripture oh yes
1: because before the vatican Sundays. council on sunday there was just one reading and then uh an acclamation for the gospel and hallelujah or a glory and praise really not even a psalm i don't recall the psalm and there was no and usually there was one preliminary reading. Most of the time it was an epistle reading. Really? So it was called the Epistle and the Gospel. Okay. And we had the epistle side of, as an altar server, the epistle side of the altar and the gospel. So we would have to move the book. The the priest would be on one side, he'd read the epistle to himself in Latin. Yeah. Then we'd move the book to the other side and he'd go over there and he would read the gospel to himself in Latin. <laughs> then he would turn around and go to the pulpit or the they didn't call it the amble in those days. Yeah. And then he would probably reread the gospel in English. Okay. Now, people like myself, because I had a, a missile that had everything in it, sure. the St. Andrew missile, I usually would read both the epistle and the gospel. You're just, just soaking it all in. Yeah. As I was, a, you know, I was a very precocious kid. You know, I'm, <laughs> yeah, what a rebel you were.
0: <laughs> I, um, I just, I love the rhythm of the liturgy of the well I love the rhythm of the whole mass but I think the rhythm of the liturgy of the word the way that it is the way that we celebrate that today is so beautiful you know the the connection generally of the first reading in the gospel the psalm many times carries yeah. it and then of course theme.
1: a time like during Lent where it's no longer just the the first reading in the gospel but the even the second reading the whole shebang the whole shebang now lots of people tell me, with the gospel, they find it easier because it's almost like story storytelling. Sure. Last week's gospel, uh, first reading from Genesis was a st- sort of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Lots of times it's not, and lots of times the second reading is a slice taken right out of one of the epistles. Right. And people say, how do you get into that? And I just say the best thing to do is to read it to yourself before you come to church, Right. or to listen to the twenty three podcast, or to listen to the twenty three podcast. But we, we didn't even get to the readings yet, so let's do some readings <laughs> for those people who are just <laughs> they're just wait they're, they're going they're come waiting on guys. out there. Come on, guys. Okay, this year it's from the Gospel of Matthew, it's chapter seventeen, verses one to nine. Got it. By the way. You probably already know this. Transfiguration has its own day in the church calendar. In August. August sixth? August sixth, very good. Right. Okay. But it's also it during Lent. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led, led up led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright light, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead.
0: I remember why I love this reading. I'm going to take back everything I said. I apologize to Matthew Ooh, and to that. Jesus. Okay,
1: you better give me two or three reasons why you love this reading. Okay, one, I love that
0: line, and when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. You know, the whole idea of, I think it's also in Hebrews, you know, constantly keeping our eyes fixed That's on That's really Jesus. beautiful. Have
1: you ever seen any of those movies In fact, I think it's in the movie West Side Story uh, when Tony and Maria first meet. It's at the dance at the the school. Yeah. And all this dancing is going on and Tony's standing on one side and Maria's on the other. And everything else clouds over and you just see the two of them and they start walking towards each other. Uh It's sort of like, it's not saying the rest of the crowd wasn't still there. They weren't still dancing, but it didn't matter. It was just these two people. Sure. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it
0: to me, it's like, you know, all the other bothers of the world, all the stress, all the, um, all the other duties and jobs that we do. Lay, lay down your burdens. <laughs> didn't we just sing that? To cr- quote David Crowder and Matt Maher, I didn't know they co-wrote that song. Uh, okay, do you Andy, remember Matt Maher talked about that at the concert? They co-wrote. They wrote "Come As You Are," sitting on rocking chairs at a Cracker Barrel on the front porch. Fun, fun story about that song.
1: That is really cool. And I, go, I, I go to the Cracker Barrel and I just,
0: just eat. You just eat. So yeah, but the whole idea of, of you know, in our lives, keeping our eyes fixed on the Lord. And, you know, with that blinding light, literally he was the only thing they could see anyway. Um, so that's why that, one reason I like it. The other reason I like it, especially during Lent, kind of rereading this, is that I think that we are also called to be transfigured during the Lenten season that we are we are called to be you know our finest selves in the way that we were created in God's image.
1: Well I asked the question at the Bible study this morning. Who was I, I think I instead of transfigured, I used the word transformed. Yeah. Who was really transformed in this reading? The apostles. Yeah. It's there's it's a story about them. Yeah. I mean Jesus was and still is Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, but the apostles had a change of heart. Uh, not a change of heart like they were bad and became good, so much as maybe they received some courage, and it sort of lies there, uh, inactive until they can tap onto it. Uh, I basically am thinking: the more I think about this reading, it's it's a, a it's a passage of encouragement. Yeah, it was probably given in layers you know there's the what happened mm-hmm. then the layer of how it was told after the easter resurrection sure then the layer in the early church and the layer that we have today because it continues to come back and say guys don't give up now we're not in it just for the glory because we know there's a death and death for suffering and death sure but we we keep on going because we know we know where it's headed well i think that in
0: some ways also ties into this weekend's second reading from timothy you've been dying
1: to get to that so why don't you read it i like this reading i know you do you like timothy
0: <laughs> we're it, friends
1: it's to timothy not from timothy to t- tim and I'm, i go back
0: yeah all right uh here's the second reading beloved bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from god He saved us and called us to a holy life, not according to our works, but according to his own design. And the grace bestowed on us in Christ Jesus before time began, but now made manifest through the appearance of our Savior Christ Jesus, who destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So put this in your own words. So in my own words, at least from the beginning, what I take from this is that life's not going to be perfect. There's going to be hardship, but through the strength that we receive from God, whether you translate that to grace from the sacraments or whatever it may be, that we are still called to live holy lives, not by what we do, but just because of who we are
1: made in God's image. If I may go back to the story of uh, Damien and the lepers, you know, he went, it was a, an era when he, a lot of people wanted to be missionaries. Yeah. And the whole missionary concept was to spread the gospel throughout the world. And when when they started doing missionary work in Hawaii, mm-hmm. uh, that's where he started. It wasn't in Molokai itself, originally. You ritually. really have Hawaii on the mind today. Well, that's where yeah. it takes place. <laughs> yeah, keep going. <laughs> and so uh, Molokai was a, an island with very few people, but there was one little section of it that was virtually... Uh, a peninsula, yeah. Uh, th- water on three sides, and the fourth side there was a cliff, and that's where the lepers were kept. Mm. They there was very little possibility of them leaving. Um, there was a path that went up, but when he first went there, he said the. And I'm, I know some people will be grossed out by what I'm about to say, but he said the stench was so bad mm. that it it you know. Although he wanted to be there and he chose to be there, he almost couldn't be there. So he, he <laughs> it, because it was just overwhelming, it made him sick. That's how you feel every physically time sick. You come into my office. No, no, <laughs> not quite that bad. Uh, well, we burn incense in church, that, but but what right. he did was he started smoking a pipe. Really, with a tobacco, uh, probably a rather fragrant, pungent tobacco.
0: That is not something we endorse here on the twenty three podcast. <laughs> by
1: the way. No, but I, I but then. It was only a matter of time, and this is the point, where the stench no longer bothered him mm. because he realized it wasn't just the stench or dying or decaying people who were still alive, yeah. but that they were persons. And he he was able to get beyond all that. And, sure. and suddenly, and he, you know, there's that famous phrase when he once, when he became a leper, he said, we lepers, the truth is, mm. In reality, he he used that phrase "we lepers" before he had contracted leprosy, because he saw himself as one with them. But he had immersed himself into yes, it. Yeah. and and that was that is the real point we're trying to say, that there is the the horror, there's the challenge, there's the ignominy of things, including our own personal suffering. Yeah, but but they are not the opposite of life. That's the thing. It's not the opposite. Right. Uh, and that's the great paradox of of the gospel.
0: I think too. Sometimes we we tend to think,
1: well, why isn't life just easy? You know, or some people get really mad. You know, God, why would you do this to me? I'm a good guy.
0: Right? Yeah. <laughs> there. You know. Back to the book I was talking about that I've been reading for Lent. There's a great uh, quote in it from Fulton Sheen uh, that said, "Nothing is more destined to create deep seated anxieties in people." than the false assumption that life should be free from anxieties.
1: Yeah. He was a pretty wise guy. He was good. He was good. I think that you have just left us with a thought for people to hang on to about anxiety. There will be anxieties, but we have to, what I wrote in the bulletin for the Sunday is learning to let go of things. That's good. Let it go. You know, there's a movie about that. I know. I don't, I don't like the song, but I do, <laughs> I do like the concept of
0: letting go. Beloved, bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. Let's do it this week. And uh, be ready to be transfigured. All right. We'll see you this weekend for Mass. God's blessings. Please pray for us, and we'll do the same for you. Take care.